we're not looking to be orthodox about our ability to create low carbon footprint and green homes. We're looking to educate people and let people know that this is possible and you can do it beautifully, economically, and uh, have impact. Welcome to Home Green Homes Podcast. I am Izumi Tanaka, a green home advisor and a green realtor. Here I invite a variety of experts in the world of green homes and have conversations about how we can all live in healthy, resilient, and efficient homes. My guests provide insight in a wide range of topics from designing, building, living in green homes, purchasing or financing green homes and improvements, to how we can live to reduce the negative environmental impact from the way we live. My goal is to inspire and inform you about how we can make a difference in our own lives and our environment. Hi everyone, this is Izumi Tanaka with Home Green Home Podcast. Today I have Greg Roth. From, he is a senior designer for a company named Carbon Shack and Homefront Built. I'm going to let him tell us who he is and what he does and what his company does. So, Greg, thank you so much for your time today and thank you for being on my podcast. So, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, where, you know, what your background is and, and, and what you do as a senior designer? Sure. Thank you so much, Izumi. I'm so happy to be here with you. So um, my background is in architecture and interior design. I have a, a master's of architecture degree from SciArc, and I did practice architecture for a number of years. But for the last 20 or so years, I've principally been in uh, interior design. And most recently, I've been with Homefront Build and Carbon Shack doing um, uh, design build and interiors. And the bulk of our work with, with Carbon Shack really is in the space of low carbon footprint work. So um, we are remodeling and building new homes uh, with the goal of zero carbon footprint, both in the construction of the homes and in the operation of the homes after construction. So um, the materials and the, the processes that go into creating the homes and then the materials and finishes that go into the homes themselves, all of that we consider in terms of how we can provide our, our clients with uh, sustainable, um, green-oriented and low-carbon footprint homes. I find that extremely unique and uh, very uh, progressive for you to think about the process itself because now we see a lot of practice and operational practice to make it more green and sustainable but um, you know you're one of the few people that I have come across who are really considering the carbon footprint in the construction process because that is a huge chunk of as you know the carbon emission so yeah, yeah. so um, Carbon Shack is a part of uh, your home front build, correct? Is, is it two separate entities or is one nestled in another? And can, if you can talk about the genesis of Carbon Shack, which is quite exciting. Sure. So um, it, we have uh, actually uh, 
technically we have four sister entities uh, all working oh, wow. together, all housed in the same mm -hmm. location, but there are four separate entities. So there's Homefront Build, which is a design build firm, which includes mm -hmm. architecture, construction, and interiors. We have Carbon Shack Design, which is similar to Homefront Build, but really focused, as I said, on uh, green building technologies. And then we have the Carbon Shack Showroom, which I'm sitting in right now, which is our uh, showroom for the products we've developed, furniture, lighting, mm -hmm. tile, and fabrics. And then we have sustainablebuild.org, which is an open source um, uh, website where we offer all sorts of uh, information for consumers and uh, professionals about uh, low carbon options for homes. So we have all four operating at the same time. And the genesis of the companies, I would say, is that Homefront Build is the original company. And we started that uh, about 20 years ago, focused on Los Angeles vernacular architecture remodels. So we have uh, built a very strong base of uh, clients who come to us. Um, they own principally um, historic homes or uh, homes that are built in the vernacular styles of, uh, you know, that we find in Los Angeles, be it mm -hmm. uh, Spanish colonial or mid-century modern or um, craftsmen, um, you know, a, a wide variety. And most of those homes that are historic, the clients want to update them, but they want the, the, the remodels to be seamless. So we mm -hmm. are really good at creating um, seamless additions and remodels that are within the, the, you know, in keeping with the style of the original uh, architecture. Um, mm -hmm. As part of that, we uh, would occasionally um, find homes that are being uh, taken down or in the process mm -hmm. of our remodeling, we would find materials from these original homes that were in perfectly good condition, uh, studs, windows, doors, that did not need to be thrown out. But generally when people are demoing houses, they do throw them out. Uh, we stockpiled those so that in remodeling other homes, we could say, oh, let's be authentic and reuse those materials in this new home or in, in this remodel. At a certain point, we had so many, we thought we could actually build an entire new, new home for these things and not buy new materials and not uh, truck in new materials and um, save the carbon footprint of that effort. And so we thought, well, let's try that let's do a, a, a sort of um, a case study in how low a carbon footprint we can um, uh, leave in or create in building a home from scratch using as much of this reclaimed and salvaged material as possible. So all of that, those, those studs and all of those uh, doors and, and windows, um, <clears throat> we've been able to uh, show that we can build a new home and not have to well, I should say, minimize the amount of new material, A, that goes into the home, and B, mm -hmm. that is uh, trucked in from, from afar. Uh, all of the material, or, or, or a huge portion of the material, just came from you know, a mile away or a few blocks away from another home that was being taken down. Mm -hmm. So that's what um, led us to Carbon Shack, right? So we built one of these homes and in building the home and using those materials and then integrating green technologies, we thought, okay, we've done this, we're doing this. All of that stuff is inside the wall, inside the ceilings, inside the floor. You can't really see it except for, you know, the shingles and things that we've uh, put on the, the exterior architecturally. How else can we bring into the home 
in a visual way this notion of low carbon footprint. So that led us to carbon shack design for interiors where we're bringing in the finishes, not just in uh, sustainable and reclaimed materials, but also in uh, visual representations of the environment. So our motifs in the tiles and the fabrics and, the, and in the live edge of the, the, uh, the wood that we use for some of our furniture represents bringing the outside into the home and then serves as a reminder to the homeowners that we're connected to the environment. So it's a visual representation of what's inside the walls of the home. And then once we had developed that, we thought let's spread that as widely as we can and that resulted in sustainablebuild.org. So that's in a very large nutshell. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fascinating. And it's, it's quite exciting. It, it, you know, as you, you and I both know that 40% of the waste is comes from the construction industry. And that's one of the, the big things that I have been really paying attention to the amount of waste that the, you know, the remodeling business or even interior design industry creates. So it, you know, this brings us to the Casa, Casa Zero, which I had an mm -hmm. honor and privilege of touring last week. And I was so utterly impressed and inspired. So tell me about how that project started. It was, this was in, uh, this is a project in uh, Mount Washington in uh, Los Angeles. And the, the funny story is that when I first got there and look at the property, I thought, oh my God, this must be a restoration because I knew that that home front build as the restoration. And I was like, this must have been an old Spanish that you restored. And, and I, when I walked in, I think I talked to one of your architect, Derek, and I, I said, how old is this building? Is this hundred years old? <laughs> And then he says, no, it's a new construction. So tell me about yeah. the project. Well, so I think I leapfrogged you on, on that because a lot of the last explanation was actually talking about Casa yeah. Zero. But um, yeah, so <clears throat> it's a completely new construction. It was a hillside location uh, that uh, people, I think, generally weren't building on because they found it a little tricky. But mm -hmm. um, when you approach it from the perspective of uh, doing a low-carbon footprint home, there are ways I think that we looked at doing it that uh, made more sense. So um, especially when you um, are using all of these salvaged and reclaimed materials, you're saving. We actually did a calculation. <clears throat> There's some uh, preconceived notion about reclaimed materials that they're going to be more expensive. But mm -hmm. in our calculations, which take into account the cost of transportation and the savings that we um, realize by you know, sourcing very, very locally, mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the costs are, if not equal, less than buying the material and having it shipped from Oregon or wherever the lumber might come mm -hmm. from. Um, so uh, we undertook this project, as I said, as a case study and as a showcase of what is possible. Right. One of the things that we um, architecturally came across was that when you use um, lumber reclaimed from homes that were built a hundred years ago, there weren't mm -hmm. standards for the dimensions of those stud uh, members. Oh. So they're generally about two, two inches by three inches, but they vary. And so in order to um, sort of uh, accommodate for that, we built the walls of the house thicker. So they're double 
mm. uh, studded, which also then allows for extra insulation and right. uh, it allows for space for systems uh, for piping and, and, and wiring to go in. Mm -hmm. But it then allows you to use these uh, old studs in a sort of uh, unique way that adds benefit to the construction and architecture mm -hmm. of the home. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then because uh, our companies are steeped in the history and vernacular uh, architecture of Los Angeles, um, architecturally, we decided that we would um, sort of do um, an amalgam of styles to reflect that history of the company. So part of the, the, the uh, architecture of that home is influenced by say shingle style, part by mission style. I mean, the facade is definitely a mission style uh, facade. Mm -hmm. uh, and then certainly there are elements of uh, Spanish colonial as well. So we're sort of representing different aspects of the history of, of architectural buildings in Los Angeles. And we definitely consider it to be a modern home. I mean, the, the way that it, the spaces are laid out, the way that um, it's organized for daily living is, is modern. There's a definite flow between inside and outside with our okay. wide um, uh, bifold doors. And again, wherever possible, we integrated uh, low carbon technologies and uh, processes. Mm -hmm. So, as un I understand, the, the the lumber and some material came from some local uh, home that were being demolished, right? Yes, yes. So, uh, nearly all the lumber, uh, the shingles are uh, reclaimed redwood. We have a source up in Northern California. So, those were not local, but they were about as mm -hmm. close as we could get them. Mm -hmm all reclaimed uh, <clears throat> cedar or redwood. Um, custom furniture that was made from either reclaimed wood from a bridge, a redwood bridge in Northern California that was decommissioned. So we bought the whole bridge and we've milled the, the, the lumber, some of which is you know, 12 inches square uh, piers wow. um, or bigger uh, in, and turn that into furniture or mahogany that came from church pews, uh, from a church that was remodeling and was gonna throw out their gorgeous mm. mahogany pews. So in yeah. both cases, that lumber was originally harvested over a hundred years ago. So it's, right. it's wood that you can't really get anymore. Right. And rather than that going into <clears throat> landfill, we've now given it second life as incredibly beautiful furniture. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we're super proud of that. And in one case, in one of the bedrooms, we took the redwood and actually clad the entire interior of the bedroom in, in the redwood. Yes, so yes, I saw. It's amazing, creative, uh, if I speak immodestly, uh, ways of being, um, uh, you know, uh, conservative with materials and resources. Mm -hmm. And speaking of <laughs> creative, what you did to the surface of the woods that you you uh, sourced from the, all these amazing places. Tell me about those, those design that you, I know you love to talk about, the biophilic design, the yes. mycelium and the colony, the spores, and, and, and yeah. tell me how that came about. So again, this goes back to the notion of how do we bring a visual component of sustainability and low carbon footprint and connection to nature and 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 sort of engendering stewardship of the environment mm -hmm. 
into the home. I think I've spoken to you before about this notion of borrowing from the landscape. It's very present in, in, in traditional Japanese architecture. Um, yes. Making use of what's out there to bring it in and have it be part of your personal or, or home landscape. So we're doing that in a, uh, the, the uh, sense of microscopic imagery that is um, cellular, that's um, from mycelium, as you mentioned, that's, uh, excuse me, highlighting mildews and molds, things that necessarily aren't lovely to think about, but that are integral parts of how we live. Some of these things are in our own bodies. Some of them are in the forest. Many of them are in the forest. And if we can find imagery that's actually beautiful on the microscopic level and use that to make patterns uh, for uh, carved into the wood furniture, or uh, printed on, on our hemp fabrics mm -hmm. or glazed onto our tiles, <clears throat> then we can bring that imagery into the home in really, I think, unique and beautiful ways. So that's kind of what we've done in this house, uh, everywhere we could. Yeah, it, it's absolutely unique and amazing. And you would think that, what, bacterial colony? How could it be, you know? And it, it, it really is beautiful. I think for the audience, you really have to go look at the website to, uh, to look, see some pictures, which I will mention later. But I'm just curious, um, did you, I mean, this is a very unique process that I think you guys developed as, you know, uh, sourcing the material from different uh, reclaimed woods and different, like you said, bridge or church. Now, what were some of the challenges that you may have encountered during the process? Is, was there any roadblock that you encounter that you can speak of? Well, <clears throat> I would say, uh, yes, <laughs> there were <laughs> different roadblocks along the way. Um, you know, on the one hand, we wanted to um, follow the certification processes for, mm -hmm. for LEED, and mm -hmm. those are very uh, stringent and requiring mm -hmm. a lot of work and mm -hmm. effort. And in some cases, uh, the processes don't actually recognize, didn't then, I think it's changing a little bit, all of the different right. elements that, that go into um, uh, the, the case study that we did. <clears throat> so that was a challenge to get um, uh, <clears throat> the certification board to recognize that, uh, you know, like I, I can't think of any specifically, but um, that the, the, the processes that we saw as, 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 as contributing to low carbon footprint, like reclaimed wood for the studs, for example, mm -hmm. uh, would count towards that. Um, mm -hmm. So that was one sort of challenge. Um, then in things like the, the um, I, I would say that when we're working with subcontractors, many of whom are in general sense <clears throat> used to things that they know. Right, exactly. It can be challenging to get them to try something new, right? right. Because there's, a, there's a, a, a learning curve and learning curves always cost more. Mm -hmm. um, so we are lucky enough to, to be able to work with uh, people that we've known for many, many years and trust us mm -hmm. and we trust them mm -hmm. and they're willing to take that risk, but not always and with some limited success. Um, mm -hmm. For example, HVAC, the HVAC guys that we worked with on this project, um, 
sort of uh, made some missteps that we had to then go back and revisit. Um, and, and some of it was granted unknowable because once the house is built, it operates sometimes differently than you plan mm -hmm. for. So mm -hmm. that was a challenge. Um, but then in terms of materials, like for example, the, the reclaimed church pews have a certain shape and dimension to them and to plane that material and get out whatever nails and screws and uh, get it to be a uniform thickness for the cabinetry. The, um, our cabinet maker, you know, uh, pushed back a little bit on, on that. Mm -hmm. um, but in the end, you know, we were able to figure out a way to make it work and right. the result is, is incredible. So yeah. some challenges like that, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm impressed that how you are really pioneering this whole process of, you know, use, use, utilizing what's available instead of having to go source something brand new from somewhere far away but in terms of like permitting or inspection process were there any any challenges or is, is it were they pretty much considered the normal process um i think that the process itself was fairly normal i think that there were some mm -hmm. instances where the um where the inspectors wanted more information about the, the new products but we were able to provide them it just meant that the the the, the process was a little bit more protracted yeah yeah, yeah because That's, when you're dealing with mm -hmm. newer technologies that they're not familiar with they just want to make sure they mm -hmm. understand before they can right. prove it but since it was all within the scope of of acceptability we didn't really in the end mm -hmm. have any issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, I understand <laughs> that Casa Zero has uh, been certified as Elite Platinum. Is that yes? Is that correct? Okay. That's yeah. amazing. Uh huh. Yeah, it's really it's one of a really a handful of homes in the Los Angeles area that have received yeah. that certification. Yeah. So we're very proud. Of yes. Yes, indeed. So, what do you think were the lessons or uh, with this case study? project what did you learn and how can you uh, move forward with whatever that um, that this project provided you with and what's your vision do you think that we can we can um, promote this type of construction process in general or what is your what is your company's vision so I think what we've learned is that we can do it, that we can mm -hmm. um, build homes and remodel homes using these reclaimed materials. Um, I think a lot of the time when people hear about green building and using reclaimed and recycled, they envision a sort of hippie granola 1960s <laughs> take on, on earth friendly mm -hmm. architecture. What we're promoting is something different. It uh, can be luxurious. It can certainly be beautiful and contemporary. And um, it can be very comfortable as well. So that's one thing that we learned. We can actually achieve that fairly mm -hmm. easily. I think when we look at things like the finishes of the home and the interior design, that um, is a prime example of that. Um, we are very, very keen on hemp fabrics. Hemp is uh, one of the most sustainable commercial fabrics available. It, to create one pound of hemp requires 40 gallons of water, 
versus one pound of cotton requires 2,500 gallons of water. So right there, there's tremendous savings for the, for the environment. Um, and hemp comes in a huge variety of, of textures and, and um, uh, weaves. So we're uh, able to use hemp in upholstery, in um, uh, window coverings, in a lot of different ways that um, create a beautiful home. So we're very excited about that in and of itself. Um, so our vision is uh, to keep doing this and to you know, get this idea of sustainable low carbon homes out into the marketplace. And mm -hmm. I don't want people to think because we did this home where we basically rolled out uh, sustainable, environmental, environmentally friendly, low carbon products and systems everywhere we possibly could, that that's the only type of project we undertake. If you have a remodel and really the only thing you are interested in, in terms of low carbon input or that you can afford is to put proper insulation into your home, that makes a huge mm -hmm. difference in your energy bill and consumption. Let's do that. We're not looking to be orthodox about our ability to create low carbon footprint and green homes. We're looking to educate people and let people know that this is possible and you can do it beautifully, economically, and uh, have impact. You know, just insulating your home has an impact. Great, if you can do the entire home in all of the ways that we did Casa Zero, that's an even bigger impact, but not everybody is interested in or capable of doing that. We will meet you where you are. That's very, very impress impressive and inspiring. I, I really hope that I will be able to work with you guys and do some of the projects. <laughs> yeah, we would love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so so uh, tell us where you we can find what, what people can find you i know how to find you obviously but uh let's let's uh let's promote your farm a little bit sure great so we're at uh homefrontbill.com that's our more um you know our, our original company with more mm -hmm. in the realm of traditional remodels um and then carbonshack.com is our design build firm uh for the sort of green low carbon footprint work uh, and uh, then we have uh, carbonshackshowroom.com, which is our showroom for, as I said, furniture, tile, lighting, and fabrics. And we are also, uh, we just opened our new showroom on Cypress Avenue in uh, Cypress Park area um, near Mount Washington. And then sustainablebuild.org, where we have calculators, actually, these are open source calculators for people to go, <clears throat> to go put in their particular information about their home and find out what, uh, impacts they can have on their carbon footprint just on the computer, just figuring out based on the information that they put in. It's super easy to use, and I think very useful for homeowners and professionals. That's amazing. And I, I would have to plug that if you go to Carbon Shack website and look at what we do uh, tab, and there is a series of videos that you can watch, that you can watch the process of Casa Zero, how you guys you know, put it together and it is absolutely amazingly inspiring. And I, I highly encourage everybody to watch those videos. And thank, thank you. you so much, Greg. I am so, I'm so honored to know you guys and I'm really grateful to have you in our ecosystem. So thank, thank you. you so thank much. Thank you so much, Izumi. I appreciate it and I'm so happy for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. 
Thank you so much. This was Izumi Tanaka with Home Green Homes podcast. Until the next episode.